Praise God. Man, that was awesome worship, you guys. Okay, so I totally thought that the, the Holy, you know, the title of my message tonight is How to Receive the Supernatural, wow, I'm really loud, Help from the Holy Spirit. I th- was totally thinking that the Holy Spirit's going to come tonight in fire and power, and he totally surprised me. He came in this sweet, sweet presence, right? Just He just rolled in. It was just like, wow. So I just really feel like just get ready because it's just this sweet talk to your heart tonight. There's so many times when um, the word's being shared that the Holy Spirit totally will be talking to you about something else completely, and I know that's what he's going to do tonight. So, you know, whatever problems, whatever issues you're facing in your life, I know that I know that I know that he's going to talk to you about these things tonight. You're going to get answers. Amen? That sound good? Okay, so I have to say, got to do a couple things before I get started. Um, I got 45 minutes. I need to set a timer. Um, Shelly, the Holy Spirit was talking to me about you, <sighs> and I am so emotional when I think about it because it's just the emotion of the Lord for you, and he's just so, so, so pleased with you, so proud of you, because you're doing it, girl. <laughs> Woo! But I can remember sitting in a Denny Kramer meeting, and Shelly was on the front row, And he called her up, and he said, you have a Joyce Myers anointing. You're going to preach like Joyce Myers. But you know what, guys? Shelly is preaching on a level that the world is not familiar with. And that's way beyond Joyce Myers, because we're familiar with Joyce Myers, right? And so God gets all the glory for it. So keep it up, sister. It was awesome. Lindy, welcome. Another thing that the Lord, the other thing the Lord was showing me was, um, he just kept highlighting to me your, your beautiful blue eyes. And you already have a prophetic mantle that sits on your head. There's a prophetic gift on you. you it's kind of gotten squished a little bit. Someone's put it out. And the Lord's saying, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it flow, okay? Also, your eyes, because they're so blue, that's spiritual, blue is spiritual. And you, you are a seer. You see in the spirit. And the Lord's going to start showing you more things and start um, just writing things down that you see and giving you revelation of things in the spirit realm, okay? And last but not least, Jeff. I really, I, the Lord was saying, Jeff is going to start smelling in the spirit, okay? So you're going you're gonna to smell the aroma of heaven. And you're supposed to, when you do that, you're supposed to release it because we all want to smell it, okay? I want to smell heaven, Okay, so you're like the, the conduit or the, the door that opens the scent to heaven for us. So release that to this atmosphere when you start smelling those things. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Okay, well, I want to get started, and I want to say I was told by the Holy Spirit a year and a half ago to preach this message. <laughs> it's just been a year and a half, that's all, right? Um, my sweet, sweet friend, Christy, sent me a message, and she said, hey, you need to listen to this. And I was like, okay, um, what's it about? She said, I don't know, but you're supposed to listen to it. <laughs> she said, just read the title. It's really good. I just know it's going to be something. It's like it's going to awaken something in, in you about the Holy Spirit. And so I said, okay. And so, you know, I trust her, and so I, I start listening to this message. And literally about 10 minutes in, Have you guys ever been listening to something and you literally feel like you want to come out of your skin? You want to rip your flesh off and just be like, ah, Jesus. Okay, that's that's how I felt (laughs) when I was listening to this message. And um, this message was titled, How to Receive Supernatural Help of the Holy Spirit. Boom, come on. That is not it. Next. What's happening? (laughs) Woo! Okay. This wonderful man right here, his name is Rick Renner Ministries, and he is from, he has been called to Russia, so very cool, but he was preaching this message, and um, I heard the Lord say to me, Tina, I want you to preach this message, and I said, oh no, Jesus, he's already preaching this message, I don't need to preach that message, I'll just tell my friends to listen to it, and so, you know, the more I go on, the more I listen to it, he's like, I want you to preach that message, and I was like, oh! Okay, 
So again, I say, Lord, no, Jesus. He's preaching that message. So, you know, this went on for a while. And, you know, it was just like that burning on the inside of you when, you're, when you, God's asking you to do something, whether, it, whether it's go give somebody some money or whatever it is, it don't leave, right? And we will not quench the Holy Spirit in this house, right? Okay, so thus began my journey of just going through my own issues and fears and things I needed to get through to be able to actually get here, okay? So here I am a year and a half later, and I'm going to preach this message, amen? Okay. So, next slide. Whoop, go back. I went a little fast. Okay, the scripture basis for tonight is Romans 8.26. Okay? Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as, for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Okay, so I really want to break down this scripture tonight, and I want to look at the word infirmities and look at the word help, okay? So when you're studying the word, that's what we got to do, right? We can just read this and go real quick through, okay, he helps our infirmities, moving on, right? But no, we're going to break it down tonight, we're going to look at these two words, and you guys are going to be blown away, because it's awesome, okay? All right, so infirmities. I click on my tablet, and it don't click up there, duh, i got to use this. Okay. The word infirmities, okay, this, the Greek word meaning is asthenios, okay? This is a generic word that is used for all kinds of sicknesses and diseases, okay? So when it says he helps our infirmities, he's saying I help all sorts of sicknesses and diseases. So in the English language, if someone says you have a cold, you might say they are sick. Or if someone said they have cancer, you might say they are sick, right? That is this word, asthenios, all kinds of sickness and disease is what it covers. All right. So if you study the four Gospels, you will discover that there are five categories that Jesus healed. And everybody knows Jesus is still healing today, right? Yeah. Amen. Okay, so we've got five categories. We're going to go through these categories real quick. Okay, the first category is called Gnosis. Gnosis is used in Matthew 4:24. It's translated as the word disease. Okay? If you look at this word, it means it's a terminal condition in which there is no natural cure. That um, would be something like cancer or AIDS, okay? If the world says, sorry, we got no help for you. This is this is called a gnosis infirmity. Okay, that's category number one. Okay, the next, number two, is Malachion. This is the second category of sickness that Jesus healed. It's in Matthew 4, 24. It's also, is that how you spell it, her name? Did you say that? Oh, my gosh. The second category of sickness that he healed, okay? <laughs> it's also translated as the word disease. This sickness affects the nervous and or muscular system, okay? It's a crippling or a debilitating disease. Um, an example of this would be rheumatoid arthritis, muscular dystrophy. This is the second category that Jesus healed, and he is still healing this category today. Amen? Okay. Third category. Whoop, go back too fast. Third category that Jesus healed is called kakos. As it is used in the four Gospels, it always describes people that are grievously vexed by demon spirits. This is like an example of this with somebody that's mentally confused or mentally oppressed. Okay, kakos, the third category of sickness that Jesus healed, and he is still healing this sickness today. Amen? Amen. Okay, number four is called mastigus. This is translated in the New Testament as the word plague, okay? Um, an example of this is in Mark 5, the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible tells us that she had an issue for 12 years, okay? She was not getting any better but grew worse. The Bible tells us that when she reached out and touched Jesus' body, and in that moment, moment she was healed from her plague, okay? The Greek word says that she was healed from her 
mastigus. All right? Mastigus is a Roman word that is used to describe Roman torture. Okay? So the, Romans, the Roman soldiers would capture their um, enemies and take them back to camp. And what they would do is drag them out and tie them up to a whipping post. And they would strike the victim, and they would strike the victim, and they would strike the victim until the victim was literally almost dead. They would take the, soldier, or take the victim back in and put him in their cell and start feeding him and let him get better. And they feel all better, and guess what happens next? They take him back out to the whipping post, and they strike him, and they strike him, and they strike him until they're about close to dead again. And this just kept happening over and over and over again. That is this word, mastigus. Okay, an example of this word would be athlete's feet. Okay, something that's reoccurring. It keeps coming back. You think it's gone, and boom, it comes back again. High blood pressure, migraine headaches. Anybody ever experienced migraine headaches in here? Mastigus, okay? All right, the next... Category number five is in Mark 16, and it is Aristos over here on the right. Boom. Okay. Jesus said believers would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. This Aristos is talking about a person that it describes a person that's hanging between life and death. Okay. We also, when we think about the word Aristos, also think about the word comatose, right? Okay, I'll tell you a story um, that Rick tells. It's really neat. It gives, gives a good example of this. Um, his driver was in Russia, and the two little he had two little girls with him, his daughter and his um, niece. And they were, there was a lake behind him, and they were playing in the water. Well, as they were playing, he was ta- got to talking to somebody, and the little girls completely fell into this, like, sinkhole where they were underwater for literally three minutes, Okay. When he turned around, he couldn't see him. He couldn't find him. And, um, you know, of course, he's like, everybody's looking for these little girls. Well, they finally pull him out of the water. They lay him down. And um, there just so happens to be a doctor there. And he comes over, and he's trying to resuscitate him. And he, they get the ambulance coming and stuff. And they're like, we're so sorry. You know, they've been under that water for three minutes. They're not, they're not even showing any signs of life. Okay. So um, they get him to the hospital, get all the machines on him to try to get him going again. They have those little girls in the same room. You know how they have double rooms in a hospital room. Well, the driver calls Rick, okay? Now watch this, guys. This is very important. You can learn something from this. I was like, oh. He calls Rick, and he tells Rick what happened, and Rick says this. What do you believe? And the driver said, I'm believing that my little girl is going to be healed, completely restored. Okay, so Rick says, I can get in an agreement with that, okay? So you notice Rick didn't just go, okay, we're going to believe God, she's going to be healed, and this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. Who has authority over that little girl? The parent, right? So the parent has to, what does the parent believe? If he can't believe for healing, he ain't going to get healing, okay? So he said, okay, we're going to believe for healing for her. So in the next bed over, this guy was a atheist, and his wife was a witch. Guess there's lots of witchcraft in Russia, okay? Right? <laughs> okay, and so the, the lady that's the witch, she goes, and she goes out and finds um, another witch to come in and start praying all these spells and stuff over this little girl to try to revive her. And then, um, in the next bed over, we have the believers. They came in, and they, according to Mark 16, they started laying hands on the little girl, and they started speaking life over her. Okay, like a, a 30 days goes by, and the little girl with the witch that's speaking all these spells and stuff over her, she starts to turn black, and her and all her, um, her fingers and stuff. Well, hello over there. You're over here. Come talk to you guys. <laughs> her fingers start falling, I mean, not falling off, but they turn black, and just stuff just is dying, Okay. In the next little bed where the believers are praying, this little girl looks like she's just real pink and she's just sleeping. About another couple weeks go by and this little girl dies. Okay. Another two weeks go by, this little girl that the believers are coming in and laying hands on 
literally opens her eyes and sits up in bed and says, can I have something to eat? Okay, that's the power in Mark 16. The believers came in, lay hands on the sick, and she was recovered. Amen? That's really cool. I love it when Jesus does cool stuff like that. Okay, so notice, though, the believers didn't come in, and boom, she raised up, right? Aristos, this is recovery power. Okay, so when you're praying for somebody that has that kind of condition, that are in a, con- a comatose condition, okay, you release recovery power over these people, all right? Yeah, you can ask for a miracle and stuff, but a lot of times it's the recovery power. You've got to be patient and just keep going, just keep praying, just keep believing, okay? Don't quit because God's word never fails. All right, so let's review. So we have talked about in Romans it says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. So we just went through the five categories of infirmities that, that breaks down that word infirmities, right? Infirmities mean all sorts of diseases, and we just broke them down for you. So let's review. We have the five categories in which Jesus healed. So gnosis is a terminal condition in which there is no natural cure. Ooh, my PowerPoint's all jacky up there. Okay, malachion, a debilitating or a crippling disease. Kakos a person who is mentally confused or a person that is mentally what's that say oppressed thank you where's oppressed it's messed up up there that's weird okay um, and then mastigas a person with a condition that keeps striking him again and again and again or aristos a person that is so clinically ill you can say that they are comatose right okay all right, so again, in Romans 8, 26, likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. So if we don't have the help of the Holy Ghost, you guys, we are a terminal case. If we don't have the help of the Holy Ghost, we are Malachion. We are spiritually, debili- spiritually debilitated. We are crippled, and we can't get from point A to point B without the help of the Holy Ghost. If we don't have the help of the Holy Ghost, we are Kakos. We are confused and oppressed. And if we don't have the help of the Holy Ghost, we are mastigus, where our problems keep reoccurring and reoccurring and reoccurring over and over again. And if we don't have the help of the Holy Ghost, we are aristos. We are spiritually comatose. Okay? So I hope that I have established why we need the help of the Holy Ghost. Okay? Praise the Lord. All right. So, what is this word help? (laughs) It's a four-letter word, but it's a good four-letter word, right? Get to my notes, yeah. All right, so, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. So, you guys, this word is really, really cool. This is why. That word help... If you break it down, this is the, what it means in the Greek. Soon, anti, lumbano. This is what's really cool about it. When the Holy Spirit decided that he wanted to describe what kind of help that he is to the body, to his body, he looked around and there was no word that he could find that would describe his help. This is the first time that this word is ever chronologically used. Okay. So he was like, you know what? There's no word to describe what I do. So he went on a word search, okay? And when it, what, this is what he came up with. First word, soon. This describes partnership with someone else, all right? It never, ever means what someone does for you. It's always partnership with someone else. It always connects you with someone else. Again, this is not a help that he does for us, but it is a help that we experience only when we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Okay? The next word. Anti. 
So when you think about the word anti, of course, every, what's everybody think? The antichrist, right? Okay. This word is to me, it means to be against or very dangerous, okay? If you study this out in its earliest form, it's not just someone that is positionally against. It describes a person that is a menace to society. It describes someone that is extremely dangerous. Wow. The Holy Spirit ain't messing around here, okay? Okay, so what's the next word mean? Let's see. PowerPoint. Lambani. I take or I receive to grab hold and take to yourself. All right? In this context, it is a very strong word. It's almost violent. It does not mean just easily take something, but it means to grab hold of and seize to himself. Okay? So this would be like if there's a lady and she's walking through the park and she's got a purse, and this person comes up and says, give me your purse. And she's like, no, this is my purse. You can't have it. And he's like, oh, yes, I am going to take it. And he takes it from her, okay? That describes this word is to take it violently from someone. All right? Go, Holy Spirit. Do your thing. Okay. All right, so we have these three words. We have soon, partnership, and cooperation. We have anti, which describes a very hostile attitude. And then we have lambani, to forcefully seize or to take hold of. Woo! Woo! I can feel the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Tell me when you got it, girl. Okay. All right. So what I like to say is these are, this is the position the attitude and the desire of the Holy Ghost. The word soon describes the position of the Holy Ghost. He is in partnership with you. The word anti describes the attitude of the Holy Ghost. He is extremely upset about something. He's furious. He is so angry that he is ready to take some kind of action. <laughs> Glory to God. When we come to the third word, lambani, now we find the desire of the Holy Ghost. He is so upset about something that now Lambani, he wants to reach out and grab a hold of this thing and seize it to himself. Glory to God. All right. So this word, soon, anti Lambani, is described in Romans 8, 26 as the word help. Wow. Right? Everybody say, help me, Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm going to give you an I'm going to give you a couple examples of how this looks and all of these things I have done. So if I sound like, you know, I've never done this before, no. I'm just preaching about what I've done here, okay? So, I'm going to use there's a sister <laughs> instead of a brother because I talk to girls all the time. So you have this sister, and she wakes up in the morning, and she discovers that there is a mountain in front of her, an issue or a problem, right? Well, first of all, let's establish who moves the mountain. Who moves the mountain? And Mark eleven twenty three, for verily I say to you, that whosoever shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which are said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. So, that whosoever shall say. Say, I'm a whosoever. I'm a whosoever. Okay. I move mountains. Okay. Amen. So, we can't go, God, move my mountain. Because that ain't even scriptural, right? He says, move it. He says, get it out of the way. You're the believer. I give you the authority. Okay, so this sister has this knowledge. She's been taught. She's been, she's got some CDs and stuff. She knows how to move mountains, okay? So she wakes up. She's got this mountain in front of her, and she says, <laughs> Oh, mountain, 
you've messed with the wrong person today because I ain't putting up with it. She looks at the mountain and she says, mountain, move. Well, the mountain just sits there. She's like, well, maybe I didn't speak with enough authority. Mountain, move. The mountain just sits there. She's like, okay, wait a second. I've spoken to the mountain. It's not doing anything. Oh, wait. I know what I need to do. I need, I need to loose the mountain. That's what I need to do. Mountain, I loose you. Get out of my way. Guess what? The mountain just sits there. Wait a second. Wait a second. I know what. I forgot to bind the mountain. Mountain, I bind you. Get out of here. Oh, the mountain is still standing there. So the sister's like, okay, now wait a second. I have, I've commanded the mountain to move. I've loosed the mountain. I've binded the mountain. Wait a second. I know. I'm going to call the prayer team. Getting on the prayer team, and we're going to get everybody binding and everybody loosening and everybody moving. And this mountain has got to move, right? Well, guess what? The mountain just sat there. So at this point, this sister's getting pretty upset. She's like, wait a second. I, she's reviewing all her notes, you know. She's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know what I forgot to do, you guys. I forgot to use the name of Jesus. Now, you guys, we love the name of Jesus, right? But the name of Jesus by itself has no special power, Okay. If it did, all the mothers in Mexico, when they yell for their children to come home for dinner, would be laying everybody out in the spirit. Because they're like, Jesus, come home for dinner. And pff, the whole town should be falling out in the spirit, right? Doesn't happen. But and if that were the case, every unbeliever should be laying people out all over the place because they're like, Jesus this and Jesus that, right? That ain't happening, is it? No. Because the only time that the name of Jesus has power is in cooperation with who? The Holy Spirit. Okay? But this sweet sister didn't have this revelation. So she's like, in the name of Jesus, mountain move. And the mountain just sits there. And she's like, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I'm begging you! In the name of Jesus, move, mountain! And the mountain just sits there. So she's like, well, I've binded, I've loosed, I've commanded, and now the name of Jesus is apparently broken because that ain't even working. <sighs> Holy Spirit, do you think that you might be able to help and guess what happens? Boom. Soon, Auntie Lombardo. As soon as you cry out for help, he's on the scene. Okay? But that's what, that's what a lot of us do, isn't it? We take everything into our own. I know what to do. I know what to do. I know how to do this. I fix it. And we don't go, wait. What's the Holy Spirit saying to do? Pause. Okay? Okay. Now... Okay, so I'm going to step on some sacred cows, all right? <laughs> now, I'll hear a lot of people say this. Tina, I have asked the Holy Spirit for help, and I ain't got no help, okay? All right, well, I'm going to tell you some reasons why that could be happening. <laughs> okay, now, if you have this belief system, and I can say, I, I've been this person, okay? So if you are going, you know what, Tina? I've had a trillion and one prophecies. I am going to do amazing things for God. He has told me that I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I can't wait. I say, cool, that's awesome. What are you doing about it? Yep. Well, nothing. 
God is going to do it. I'm sitting here, and I'm just going to wait on God because he's going to do it. He's going to do it, do it, do it. No, he ain't. Sorry. Buzz. That is a wrong belief, you guys. If God's going to do it, does that look like partnership to you? That's not partnership, is it? Okay. Or I've had people say, Tina, God, show me. I'm going to open a business. I have an entrepreneur spirit. And I am going to make tons of money for his kingdom. I'm like, woo, awesome. I'm all about that. What kind of business is it? I don't know. When are you going to open it? I don't know. What do you do? Do you have a, do you have a vision written out? Because the word says to write out the vision and make it plain. No, I don't like writing stuff down. <laughs> God's just going to like appear and give me this vision, and I'm going to just do it, and I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's just going to happen. Buzz. No, it ain't. <laughs> Is that partnership? No. Okay. it. Okay. okay. I cannot be done yet. Okay, so. Okay, keep going. All right, so I want you guys to imagine a pot of, of water on the stove, okay? You are the water, okay? The Holy Spirit is the heat underneath the pot, right? And when he adds his fire, the water should start to boil and get hot. And woo! Bring some boiling, right? Okay, but if you are the water, and I want you to, to envision that you, the way you are processing your situation is the temperature of the water, okay? So, if you're already warm and you ask the Holy Spirit for help and he adds his fire, wow, it ain't taking long before you're seeing something, right? But if you're cold... When you ask the Holy Spirit to help, doesn't it take a little bit before that water gets hot? So why would your water be cold? Here's some examples of why your water would be cold, okay? So if you're in your issue, you're in your mountain, you're facing it, and all you do is talk about the mountain, and you dwell on the mountain, you can't quit thinking about the mountain. Oh, I'm going to call my buddy up and talk about the mountain too, because, you know, they might have some good advice for me. And then your buddy gives you good advice, and you're like, oh, no, you just don't understand. This is hard. I just can't. It's so hard. Okay? Do you, uh, do you see how that's the opposite of faith? Okay? So if you're talking doubt, disbelief, problem, cold, every time you do, cold water in your pot, cold water. So the Holy Spirit's trying to help you. He's like, I'm trying to give you some fire. And you're like, on your fire, Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay? So we have to get in partnership with him. One way we do that is the word of God, right? We take the word of God and we apply it to our mountain, okay? Because God is good. We have been talking about how good God is, right? Yeah. For weeks. He is good. Does he always have a solution for your problem? Always. always. He has an answer. He is not making, he has not brought the problem on He's not trying to teach you something. Now, he can teach you something through your problem, but it ain't there to teach you something. It is there because, for whatever reason, it's there. I'm not going to go there, but <laughs> it's there, okay? Now, you've got to figure this out, you and the Holy Spirit, but you've got to take the word of God first, which is, you're good, God. I see this mountain, and I know it's, we're going to get through this together. Not, oh, my God, this sucks. Make it go away. No, that ain't going to work. Cold water, cold water, cold water, okay? Okay, so, whoops, how did I get back there? Nope, we did that one right, yep. Okay, and James 2, 14, 26 says this. What does it do, my brothers, if someone claims to have faith but does not prove it with their actions? This kind of faith cannot save him, can it? Suppose a brother or a sister does not have any clothes or any daily food, and one of them tells one of you tells them, "Go in peace, stay warm, and eat eat hearty." 
if you do not provide for their bodily needs, what good does it at all? In the same way, faith by itself, if it does not prove itself with actions, is dead. Okay? So going back to what I was talking about, when I'm just saying God's just going to do it. He's just going to do it. Okay? That is an example of dead faith. Okay? That's that scripture right there. All right. So now I want to tell you guys my own personal story on how this looks. I had to walk this out over the last year of my life. I got 15 minutes to do this. Glory to God. Okay. So you guys all know that I sell real estate. That's my profession. I do that mostly because I love flipping houses. Love, love, love it. I love drywall, and I love sanding, and I love paint, okay? I know, it's crazy, but I do. It brings me life. I can go and work 16 hours and be like, oh, I feel wonderful. You know, it's, it's just a good thing. It's just what brings me life. So this last house that we did, by the way, this was, I want to I start out by saying, bought this house because was led to buy this house, okay? Don't ever just go out and do something without asking God about it first, okay? Don't buy a car. Don't buy a house. Don't go into a crazy hairstyle <laughs> without asking the Lord first, okay? Because he will tell you if it's a good idea or not, okay? It might not be a good idea. He knows the plumbing's going to explode, you know, six months down the road. You don't want that house, okay? Okay, so we were led, myself and my, my partners were led into purchasing this house. This was in the Westwood area, and this was uh, back in January of 2016. So this was about a year and a half ago, okay? In February, we started demoing, and then by June, the house was completely ready to go on the market. I got to get a drink. Okay. So we get the house on the market, and we list it for $159.9, okay? At that time, property was selling like this. It still is, okay? So I'm like, this house is going to sell fast, y'all, okay? And I know God's called me into this, and he's going to do it, okay? <laughs> so within 30 days, I had two offers, same day, okay? Same day, two offers. Accepted an offer, 160000 Okay, praise hands right here. Okay, 30 days. It was more than I listed it for, right? This is a good, this is a good thing, okay? I'm on high. I'm thinking, dear God, I, nothing can knock me off this high, okay? So at the same time this happened, my husband, my wonderful husband, he decides he's going to preach a message on how to receive your healing, okay? So he's going to preach a message on a Friday night. I get this offer on Tuesday that week. So Friday night comes around. We're all in here. We're having a good old time. Guess what he preaches on first thing? Faith, okay? How to release your faith for healing. It was awesome, okay? So that night, Friday night, we go to Applebee's. It was me, Christy, Chad, Shelly. I think Grace was there. Yeah. We were, we were having a good time. My phone rings. I'm like, who the heck's calling me? Everybody knows here. So I pick it up. Guess what? It's the buyer, my house. Tina, I was at the doctor this morning. I've been diagnosed with kidney failure. I need to back out of the deal. I was like, oh, what? <laughs> I said, okay, so of course I want to be sympathetic for the man, okay? <laughs> And so I'm like, okay, I'm really sorry about that. Yes, of course, I will let you out of the deal. This is not a time for you to be purchasing a house. You're going through, you have a huge mountain in your way, right? So let him out of the deal. I get off the phone. I don't say nothing, okay? Everybody else is, oh, you know, I'm just like processing on the inside of me. Jesus, what is going on? <laughs> okay? And I knew, it's like I knew that I knew I had just entered a faith walk. Okay, like, this is a trial, and I don't even know why or what, but I can feel it. And it's almost like I can hear the devil going, really? You're going to preach on faith? Let's see you walk it, sister. And I was like, eh. Okay, so 
this happened. Then, of course, because there was another offer, right? So I'm like, ooh, maybe they still want it. Because it was like just like within a week. So I call that agent up. I'm like, hey, the house is available. Call your people and see if they want the house. And she's like, okay. Well, you guys, when you reject an offer, kind of people kind of sometimes take it personal. I don't know why. I did a very sweet, okay? I was a very sweet. They came back. <laughs> I sweetly rejected them. They came back and they said, no, we are not interested in your house no more. I was like, of course you're not. <laughs> okay, so this started me off on my walk, my great walk of faith, okay? Of course, I started out doing the right things because it's just started. <laughs> I was saying things like, you know, thank you, Lord, this house is sold. Thank you, God, for the buyer. Thank you, Lord, that you brought me into this and you're going to bring me out of it, right? Because he's the one that told me to buy it. Can't doubt that because you f as some time goes by, that's what you want to start doing. You want to go, I ain't supposed to buy this house. Are they supposed to do this? But I knew that, so I wasn't about to go there, okay? So I just kept saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God, all right? Okay, so what happens, though, you get around people. I say people. People. Love people that don't share the same enthusiasm as you do. I'm kind of an enthusiastic person. <laughs> so anyway, I get around these people, and they're like, oh, is that house ever going to sell? Oh, my gosh, this one person is like, Tina, you know that there's like a million sheriff sales, and like houses are foreclosing all over the place? That house is never going to sell. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, <laughs> get away from me, Satan, you know? And I would just smile at them, and I was like, it'll be okay. God, it'll be okay, because I couldn't dare say God got this to this person, okay? It's not that type of person you say that to, okay? They will squinch your light, okay? So I just smile and say, it'll be okay. It's going to be all right, you know? So you come out of that situation, and you're really like, my Lord, i got to beat the faith hammer some more, because i got to get this ook off me from these people, right? Okay? So at this point, I'm screaming for relief from the Holy Spirit, okay? It's like, you know, July, August, September, October. Nothing. Everybody say, nothing, nothing. is happening nothing. for my mountain, okay? Nothing. And I'm confessing and I'm telling the thing. And th the whole time, too, I'm, like, preparing this message. How do I receive help from the Holy Spirit? So I'm like, Holy Spirit, hello, I need some help, okay? Guess what he says? First thing, be patient. I'm like, do you know me at all? I am a sprinter. I am not a marathon runner, Tom Preble. I'm learning to be a marathon runner, okay? So I was like, okay, be patient, be patient, be patient. Well, I was trying to be patient in this process. So then I heard somebody else say, you know, something about get a scripture. You need a scripture to stand on. I'm like, well, duh. I don't even have a scripture I'm standing on. <laughs> so I'm like, what's up, guys? So I'm like, okay. I go back to the Holy Spirit. I'm like, Holy Spirit, I need a scripture. Give me a scripture to stand on. Guys, guess what he says? All things are possible to those who believe. I'm like, really? Because that feels like you're asking me to, like, ask to open the Red Sea or something. Like, all I'm wanting is a house to sell here. I'm like, this is bigger than I thought. I'm going to be waiting forever. You know, it's like what it felt like. So I went and I grabbed my little yellow post, you know, and I wrote, all things are possible to those who believe. And I went and slammed that sucker on my refrigerator. Okay? So guess what happens every time Tina goes to get a midnight snack or, you know, every 20 minutes when I go to the refrigerator? <laughs> I'm slapping that thing, okay? All things are possible to those who believe. I don't even care if I believe it up here, okay? But I'm believing it in here because you can have doubt in your head but faith in your heart, okay? Just keep the faith in your heart. Your head's got to shut up, okay? <laughs> Just don't speak it out your mouth, all right? So I'm like, in the name of Jesus, all things are possible since I'm plowing that, that refrigerator. Probably got a handprint there by now. Okay, as this is going on, my sweet sister calls me. Okay, and you have people in your life that call you and say, you need to do this, you need to do this, and you need to do this. Okay, 
So she's one of those people in my life that does that with me, and I love her for it. She says, has the house sold yet? <laughs> I was like, and this is the person I can go, I don't have it sold yet, but in Jesus' name, it's sold. And she'll say, yes, amen, okay? She says, why don't you write a heavenly grant? And I said, hmm, yeah, I remember those heavenly grant teachings, yeah. I think that's Jerry Savelle. He taught on prayers of petition. I was like, well, that's a good idea. I'll think about that. So I get off the phone with her. I'm like, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this heavenly grant thingy? I get nothing, okay? I get nothing from the Holy Ghost. He's just quiet. I'm just like, okay, thanks. So I take that, what she said, shove that that sucker right up here on the shelf, Okay? Now, note, note this. Two other people would have came down the path and said, write a heavenly grant, write a heavenly grant. That's the word. Three or more, out of the mouth of three or more witnesses, let everything be established, right? Even if I'm not feeling it, I'm going to do it, okay? Because that's the word. I wasn't feeling it, y'all. I wasn't feeling write the heavenly grant. So I didn't do it, okay? Didn't feel it, didn't do it. Okay, so, let's see, where am I at in my thing here? Okay, at this point, I keep speaking confession, believe in God. Then, I kind of had some faith failures. Anybody ever had any faith failures? Well, this is, I'm going to give you what happened with my faith, faith failures. I'm probably like eight months in, nine months in. The thing that gets you is time. Time. It's taking too long, okay? So you got time, the pressure of time on you, and then you got, for me, it was, why are you not doing something, Lord? Hello? Do it. (laughs) Or, are you seriously trying to teach me something? Really? Like, what? Okay? So, if you start entertaining those thoughts, like I, and I did. I started entertaining the thoughts. I was like, I was mad at God, actually, for a day. I was like, I'm so ticked at you. Do something. Really? You're not saying nothing. Be patient. Be patient. That's all you want to say, okay? <laughs> so for the whole day, like, I, and then guess what happens when you get like there? When you start having these thoughts and you entertain them? Here comes old devil depression. Here comes old devil sadness. Make you feel better. No. Yeah, thank you. Self-pity. So when I get like that, I go lay in my bed and cry. And when somebody feels sorry for me, I want to call somebody and tell them how pitiful I am, okay? And, and I want them to be in the pity party with me, but most of the time, if I call them, they're like, get the freak out of the pity party, you baby. So I don't call Christy or <laughs> Michelle or Shelly. <laughs> because they're going to say, suck it up, sister. <laughs> So, by the time I had wallered in my negative thoughts all day, I do not like feeling like that. And I know you guys don't like feeling like that either. Like, I like peace. I like feeling peace in here, okay? Like, tranquility. (laughs) And so, I was feeling depressed and sad and been crying. I had puffy eyes and lips. It was a horrible scene. (laughs) And so, I'm like, forget this noise. I'm over it, okay? So, I had to do what David did, and I started encouraging myself in the Lord, okay? So I got up and put on some worship music, and I was like, Lord, I'm sorry. You're good. You're not withholding from me. If this is a problem, it's not with you, God. (laughs) It's with me. (laughs) I'm sorry, Lord. Please forgive me. And then I I went into, God, you're good. You've got a buyer. I know they're coming. You didn't bring me into this to let me fall flat on my face. It's going to happen, okay? And so when I started doing that, guess what happened to depression and sadness? They, had, they just had, they couldn't stay in that environment no more. They was like, ooh, get out of here. Can't be here, okay? So they left. All right. So then, so I was good for a little bit, all right? And then, I don't know, about a month later, probably about my woman time, you know, we love that time of the month. Chad loves it, that's for sure. So I'm feeling sad. And again, you know, all the same thoughts. Time is really, really get you. Time, time, time. 
Chad comes home on a Friday, okay? He's like, we're going to have a good time tonight. And I'm like, hmm. I'm feeling like I want to cry on your shoulder. And he gets in the shower. So I go in the bathroom, and here's our shower, and here's our sink. So I plant myself up on the sink. And I proceed to puke all over him, okay? Honey, blah, blah. I'm like going on and on, and he ain't saying a word. He's not saying nothing. And I was just like, and then I just feel like, and I feel like, and I feel like. Okay, first of all, I tell this to people. I should tell it to myself more often. It does not matter how you feel, okay? It only matters what God's word says. <laughs> okay, so Chad basically gets ready to get out of the shower. He's drying off, and he's looking at me, and he goes, can I speak some truth to you? He asked me. Sweet of him, wasn't it? And I was like, ugh, on the inside, because I was like, I know what you're going to say. Don't start preaching to me, mister. I want to hear no preaching. I'm mad, God, right now. But I knew that wasn't going to get me nowhere. <laughs> so I kept my mouth shut, and I said, okay, yes. So I walked out of the room, because I thought, if he's going to preach to me, I'm going in here to listen. So I walked out of the room and I went into the closet and he's gone, God's on the throne. Amen. He knows the, the beginning from the end. He knows who the buyer is. He's got the answer. It's all good. We're going to make a lot of money. It's going to sell. Everybody's going to be happy. I was like, and the more he said it, man, the more it just started coming off. It started coming off. And I can remember specifically standing there in the shower going, or not in the shower, in the closet. I was in the closet, not the shower. <laughs> and I said, I can make a decision right now. He wants to go have fun and do something fun. Now, I either need to get happy or I'm going to stay sad. Do I want to make this a fun night or is it going to be miserable? And so I was like, I don't want to be miserable. I want to be happy. I choose to be happy. Okay? So I went back in there and I hugged him and I was said, I choose to be happy. He said, amen. And so we just started laughing, you know, had a good time. So praise God yes. for our spouses, amen, yes. or our buddies or our friends if you're single, okay. There's nothing more powerful than coming in agreement with that person. That's the word, right? Okay, so I'm almost at the end of my story, okay. So, like I said, I've been speaking, believing, right? So, um, I remember waking up on a Sunday morning. This is literally about a year in to this walk. I woke up. And guys, seriously, when you carry a house for a year, you got electric bill, gas bill. You got bills, okay? It's not fun. You got to sell that stuff fast, okay? So, I wake up, and I don't even know if I dreamt it or if I just knew it. But I, as soon as I woke up, it was like heavenly grant. I was like, that's right. I'm supposed to write a heavenly grant. Like, I knew it. I go, hey, Chad, we're supposed to write a heavenly grant. He goes, okay. <laughs> he didn't even know what that was, okay. <laughs> and he was like, okay, babe, whatever you want to do. <laughs> so I said, okay. This is Saturday, right? So Sunday comes around. We're like, in here, praise Jesus, okay? And I'm like, heavenly grant is going off on the inside of me. Like, okay, yeah, I got to write that heavenly grant. So I get home. We take our Sunday nap. Everybody does that, right? Try to. Try to, right? We get to Sunday evening before we're getting ready to go to bed, and Chad is, like, getting ready, going to be leaving the next morning. And I'm like, oh, I've got to write this grant because I need his signature on this grant, okay? So I'm going to show you guys what this looks like. Can't read that probably. That's what it looks like. I want to read it to you. It says, agreement for, agreement for Heavenly Grant. Be it known this day, March the 19th, 2017, at 849, I received a Heavenly Grant for the sale of real estate known as 1678 County Road, 100 South, for at least the amount of. Now, when I originally read this, I had down 140, because we had dropped the price over the time that year. It was at 149. And when I got done reading this, Chad goes, I go, how's that sound to you, babe? 
He goes, something ain't right. I was like, ugh, what? He goes, I don't know, something ain't right. I go, well, I need you to figure it out. You know, figure this out. What is it? He goes, something's wrong with the price. I go, what's wrong with the price? And he goes, supposed to be 139, 139.5. I was like, 139.5? That's $10,000. And I was like, well, I, it was more important to me, for me to be in agreement with him than to bicker over money. Because I'm like, I got to trust he's here in God, right? Okay, so for at least the amount of 139.5, buyer pays for closing costs and it closes in 30 days, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your throne boldly and, and present you your word. According to John 16, 23, Jesus said, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, my Father will grant you whatever you ask in my name. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. Your word states in Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Therefore, in accordance to your word, we give the amount of one-tenth of my grant, and I believe I receive a tenfold return. So we sowed, we had been sowing, okay, our seed for the sale of this house, okay? Seed is always tied to what you're believing for. There's always a seed, okay? Your word also stated in, in Mark, Matthew 19:26 that with God all things are possible to those who believe. See, I put that scripture in there that the Lord said to stand on, right? In accordance to Ma Matthew 18, 18, we bind Satan and all his forces and render them bleh, helpless. <laughs> they will not hinder our grant. We loose the ministering spirit, spirits, according to Hebrews, and charge them to go forth and cause my grant to come into my hands. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 19, Again, I say unto you that if two or more shall agree on earth as touching anything it shall, that we ask, it shall be done in my Father's name, which is in heaven. Therefore, we set ourselves in agreement and believe we receive. And Chad and I signed it, okay? Powerful thing that happens when you get in agreement with your husband or a friend. Powerful. Can't, it moves heaven. Everybody say three days. Three days. Three days. Offer 139.5. Close in 30 days. Boom. Okay? So look what happened. It was a year-long faith walk. Okay? But every step I took was under the guidance of the Holy Ghost. Buy the house. Be patient. Get the scripture wrote down. Do the heavenly grant. Every step of the way, he guided and he directed us. Now, my flesh got in the way some... Okay, it happens. We have our little fits, but it happen. But man, stay in there. It comes to pass every time. His word does not fail, ever, ever, ever. Amen. If something's failing, it's not him. Amen. It's you. Amen. Okay. Sorry to say that. If it's failing, it's something you're doing. Yes. You got to get to the Holy Ghost and say, "What am I doing? Yes. What do I need to fix?" I said that. I was like, what do I need to do different? What do I need to do? Be patient. Be patient. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm patient. I'm patient. I'm patient. Like, trying to be patient when you're not patient. Woo, Jesus. That's a great place to be. Okay, so we're wrapping it up, guys. Okay. Everybody say this with me one more time. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. I want to be your partner. Okay, that's the only way the help happens is if you partner with him. All right. Now, I'm, I'm winding it down. <laughs> if you guys feel like the Holy Spirit's been talking, you can go ahead and start that song, Tom. It'd be awesome. Thanks. If you guys feel like the Holy Spirit's been talking to you, if you have a mountain in front of you, okay, or even just an issue in your life, and you need a fresh word from the Holy Spirit, you guys, he is here. He'll give it to you. He might speak something you've already heard. It's okay. But just let him re-solidify your heart tonight.
okay? So I just want everybody to close their eyes. Holy Spirit, I just thank you so much for your presence tonight. I thank you for the ears that have hear your word tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just come and speak to us, Holy Spirit. You guys, I'm just going to take this time to, to, I'm going to release you. And I just thank you for being here tonight. I thank you for your obedience to God to be here. Just take this time and spend some time with the Holy Spirit while this song plays. And let him just speak to your heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 